0: to a World on Fire Season 2. And I'm joined by two of my good buddies here. Ross from Stop Let's Team Up. And Sean from the Never Ending Reading Pile. How are you boys? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me back.
1: Oh, Mm -hmm. thank you. Thanks for having me back reading these specific comics. I really appreciate it. I love these.
0: Yeah, Yeah, this is going to be our first episode uh, diving into the uh, rejuvenation of All-Star Comics in the 1970s by uh, Jerry Conway. So, You guys are both, you know, uh, very steeped in this. This is newer stuff for me to have read. I ended up getting uh, one of the trades, I think, online somewhere. I'm not sure where. uh, And the other volume uh, of the paperbacks I got from uh, a good buddy of uh, ours, uh, Kyle Benning. So, uh, you know. Oh, nice. Yeah. He was uh, selling some trades off. And I was like, hey, I could use that one, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he sent that to me. And I have, you know, the two volumes that have all the... uh, all-star comics and then when it was uh, folded into adventure comics there as well so you know we're going to bounce around and cover some of the material from these two trades here and uh, really looking forward to it so uh uh, what's your uh, experience with this stuff uh sean
2: so i was born uh uh, right around when this stuff was coming out so i clearly wasn't buying it uh, off the racks but when i first discovered that my, my early comic book stores so i'd been collecting I don't know, maybe four or five years off the spinner racks, and then finally discovered comic book stores and back issue bins and mm. you know, quarter bins and fifty cent bins. Actually, they really were quarter bins back then. And I, so I, I, I'm so old that I, they were dime bins. Oh my gosh, that, that's, a, <laughs> I got, that's the I dream. I got
1: Adventure Two Forty Seven coverless for a dime.
2: Oh, that's that's the dream that the dime yeah. bins. So I I discovered these you know quarter bins, and I have to say. That you, I don't know what it was, and and I this stuff goes in waves. In fact, I, I almost wish I I've had this weird fantasy about charting this. Now that now that we all know each other, spread across the world, about charting what you're finding in your discount bins right now, because it does seem to go in waves. And you know, for a good while there, you could get a complete run of any John Byrne, Alpha Blight, you know, in, in the bins, or you could get, you know, there's there's these sort of staples that you always show up. Well, when I was a kid, apparently these All Star books were not. Particularly popular, especially as things were getting grim and gritty. You know, there's no Punisher on the cover of these. Right. So I found a bunch of these in you know beat up and reader copies, but I don't care. It's I, I'm a reader, not a collector. And I found a bunch of them, you know, in the quarter bins. And so I have a a really soft spot in my heart for this because. It is for me they felt like, you know, relics of the past, you know, when I was a kid even though they were only probably 7 or 8 years old by that point. <laughs> but uh, I, I just have had them and read them and and really loved them. And so the, you know, between that and All-Star Squadron being one of the first comic books I bought off the racks, the Earth 2 and the and the Justice Society for me have just always been, you know, they're just always there. They're they're on par with the Avengers, with the Justice League, with X-Men, with any team book, and this is just another part of their history. That I find really fun, in particular, because I'm a huge Infinity Inc. fan, and this book is effectively the, you know, progenitor of that.
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. What about you, Ross?
2: Well, um, I was
1: 13 when these came out, uh, and my brother was still handing me his comics. He still lived in the house, you know. He had, uh, he was adult and working. He's 10 years older than, that, but he was always buying comics, and. He had, you know, some of the first comics he handed me were Jay. You know, I, one of the first ones I remember is um, the Seven Soldiers of Victory crossover,
3: 100, mm, uh, 101,
1: 102. Because I think nice. I read that on a road trip when we were moving from California to Pennsylvania. But he would Ooh. hand me these, and I always liked the Justice Society. I always loved the Justice Society characters in, in DC. They were my DC thing. And then it was like they had their own book for the first time. So, and I, honest to God, I have read this run. It's in, I've got the hardcover because I have all the All-Star archives. I wanted, you know, now I have issues one through whatever of All-Star comics, you know, just to be a nerd and a completist. But this (laughs) stuff is, I mean, I've read this run 20, 30, 50 times maybe. I mean, I would read it over and over again. I would, our copy of 58 got sketched. I would use trace paper sometimes mm-hmm. to do drawings. And also, um, you know, we didn't, we had Mego. We had some superhero kids. not like now there's an action, there are 50 action figures of obscure characters in the comic shops. So I made, when I was real little, I made paper figures of them.
2: Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. That yes. was how I, you know, because, you know, my brother was like, and then, you know, he, you know, he bought me my first Mego, but he would hand me these comics. So I read these as they were coming out and the art and the writing nailed it for me. It was just something about it. It was just, per. it's this perfect combination. And then when it switches over after um, Giffen leaves, Giffen and Wood leave, uh, it's all of a sudden, who, who are these guys, Joe Stanton and, and Bob Layton? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's consistent, yeah. and I'm a Levitts guy, and Levitts takes over from Conway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a reason why my favorite, really my favorite DC team books were this and Legion of Superheroes.
2: Yeah, you can't <laughs> go wrong with Levitts.
1: No, it's, it's, he knows, understands it. it's, it's not brain, sci- it's not uh, brain surgery, or rocket science, it's a comic book, certain thing. Mm-hmm. He and he still pushed the envelope a little bit. He just didn't feel like he had to push it as far as others did, especially, it, you know, in the 80s when he stopped writing, or 90s when he stopped writing. When did he, stopped in the 80s, I guess.
2: Uh Yeah, he gives up late 80s Legion. He says he's leaving at the end of the Magic Wars, which is what, what causes the whole five years later thing, because Giffen says, I'm not coming back. You know, and, and they say, well, the beer bums come in and go, what if we could talk to you when you coming back? And that's the whole five year later thing. Yeah. But I mm. mean, and, and you can see where his, I don't want
1: to say restraint, but just his, there's a structure to his writing. Oh, he literally. Thinks,
2: yeah. Yeah. There's the Levitt's method. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it is. It's very, it's, and it's like I'm reading a lot of Engelhardt and he's a little like Engelhardt. They, they can be talky, but I don't mind talking in comics. Mm-mm. I want to know what the characters are thinking. I miss, I th- miss thought bubbles. Yeah. Me too. In comics, because it's like, There's that's the only way you can really get character development sometimes to understand if the character is a completely well-rounded character and not just, you know, yeah, you know, the straight arrow character or the, you know, the angry outsider character, you know, kind of stuff. But these were just, I mean, they were just, these were literally magical because I just thought they were the best thing. And I love these old 40s characters, Mm. they had the best costumes.
2: You know, and it's, I just, I just loved it. Billy, when did you first start
0: reading this? That for me, these all star comics here, this is the first time I'm reading through these. Oh,
2: wow. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I got these, I got the, I think I got volume two first and thumbed through it maybe two years ago, maybe. And then I got the one from Kyle within the last year. So yeah, this is this is a first uh, a read-through for me. It's and it's great. I like it. It's like it reminds me of like when somebody says you know oh you went to see a movie this weekend and they're like how was it you know and, oh it was good what kind of movie was it and they describe it as like a popcorn movie you know yeah. you went to just go and have fun and there's you know a little bit of humor and then some action and then a little bit of more humor that's kind of what it reminds me of like almost honestly it, it kind of reminds me of like a modern day you know uh, comic book movies. That's kind of how a lot of them are. They're very popcorn movie kind of, you know? Like they throw in some humor, but then there's a little bit of serious and some fight 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 and then a little more. It's that's kind of what it reminded me of. It was really really a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, that's the word I would use. These are fun. This is these are this is a fun oh, yeah. comic and it's they're fun comics to read and they're just they're just what they are. There's no, you know, greater arc they're tying into. There's no, you know, huge mm-hmm. continuity piece even though there's stuff that happens in it, but they're just really fun. You know, you get some character, you get some great four color action, and then you get, you know, the the debut of, you know, one of the the big pillars of the DC universe, you know, Power Girl.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is really good. I really enjoyed it. And like you said, Conway, he, I think he just wanted to write a, su- a fun superhero comic. He wasn't trying yeah. to reinvent the wheel. He was just like, I want to write this comic about these really, you know, bron- you know, golden age characters. And he had a good time. Reading stuff like this from Jerry Conway always cracks me
2: up because I I always think of him as a law and order writer as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I like to to end the issue and hear the bum-bum, you know. uh, (laughs) What what range that guy had, man.
1: Yeah. And it's also his Marvel stuff's written different.
2: Yes, very. Oh, yeah.
1: They're they're night and day because we were talking before about, you know, I read his, him and Giffen did uh, run on Challengers. Mm Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he re, he did reinvent it a little bit by adding additional characters, but it's still a challenge, you know. And it was gorgeous. And his—I prefer his DC work for the most part.
2: Oh, see, I—I I, I mean, I love him either way. I find his DC work to be lighter, but I—I yes. I love his Marvel work because, I mean, you know, he killed one Stacy. I just, you know, that's. Well, see, <laughs> I mean, I, there's he,
1: a lot of his Marvel I haven't read because I yeah. not read read—I didn't—I didn't read a lot of solo characters, so. He would pop it. The stuff I've been reading recently in the '70s, he pops in for an issue or two to write the ship or something or fill a hole, and then it's Mm. someone else.
2: Yeah, Yeah. for me, he's just you know he's on the Mount Rushmore of Spider-Man writers, and I you know even in the '80s you know he was writing Spectacular Spider-Man for a huge run. He and Oh yeah. Oh, and really? so I
1: read a lot of that, so I may just not remember it because that that's, was, good, yeah, that's yeah. good stuff. He's and on you know, that just, book. My for My brother would have it and I would pick it up and read it. You know, oh, here's the last mm-hmm. three spider spectacular spiders. And I love Sal B. Me yeah. too, Me,
2: that's too. That's a great yeah. run. Yeah, it is. So I so Jerry's, you know, he's a legend. And then and then, you know, I know we'll talk about it as we go through. But, you know, Joe Staten is somebody who I I got to know in his later work and didn't fully appreciate. I. First encountered him in Green Lantern Corps, and you know his work was just a little too cartoony for me, and I kind of couldn't get into it. But then, in the late '80s, post-crisis, he and Joe Joey Cavalieri reboot the Huntress as this incredibly dark book. I mean, it is. I don't think people understand. This is one of the darkest comics I've ever read. And I love it. I love his Helena Bertinelli. I love his – he does this charcoal style. It's the only way I can oh, I describe it. I remember that style he was doing oh, that. My, it's gorgeous. God, it's gorgeous. It is – it's like – for me, it's like when Frank Miller went from, you know, his Daredevil style to his Sin City style. It's that dramatic a shift, mm. And it is unbelievable. So I, I have this great appreciation for him, but less for his cartoony style. And then going back to these issues and seeing, you know, where – and Ross was saying this before, when he's got a strong inker, you know, with like wood or Layton, he shines. I mean, so it's it's just – and the coloring, you know, again, super four colors. So I know we haven't even dived in the books yet, but if, if somebody's listening to this who hasn't read these and you're just looking for super fun bronze-agey goodness, these are great.
1: Oh, god, gotcha.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, totally agree. I these well, these were
1: better than the Justice League that was coming out back in. And he was writing – Was he right? No, yeah, he'd been writing that. Oh too. yeah,
2: Conway wrote Justice League for like ten straight years. Yeah, oh, see,
1: you know, that's stuff I'd need to revisit. I haven't. That's not something I've ever really gone back and reread.
2: I will say I don't disagree with you. I actually like these issues. I I love his JLA run. You know, the Satellite era, and then I'm a sucker for JLA Detroit, but which is way after this. But I uh, I like his Justice Society a little bit better.
1: Yeah, because I think he, I think he does. There are arcs. Another thing I liked about this: every two or three issues was an arc, and the yeah. next story started at the end of the end of, you know. So there was continuity, but you could read a single issue, which exactly. is like, my big complaint a lot with comics. A lot of comics written after two thousand, sometimes yeah. you can't read them as a single issue anymore.
2: Um, Yeah, this was definitely written for the spinner rack. This was written for, yeah, a kid might not have gotten the last issue, so let's get him caught up quick. Yeah,
0: Yeah, for sure. So, all right, well, we're going to be covering uh, All-Star Comics 58-59 today. But, you know, we had uh, talked a little bit here beforehand and said about how um, there's a a three-page prologue from an Adventure Comics uh, issue as well, and it kind of explains uh, the difference between Earth-1 and Earth-2 and, you know, how things are in each of those. That it's, you know, in the beginning of uh, the trade here. Like, I have the soft cover, and you said you have the hard cover, right, Ross? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's it's, it's in there. What
1: adventure comic is it from?
0: I think it's 461.
1: Is that the first adventure comic?
0: Where they, it goes into that? It might be, yeah. Yeah,
1: I think it is. I think it was to, because it was going into, you know... If you were reading the All-Star comics, you're a J, you're a JSA fan. You were looking for it. Mm-hmm. You know, but adventure... Was, it had Aquaman, Dead Man, Plastic Man, Yeah, Plastic Man was in it. Yeah, it had multiple characters because it was a hundred page comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was oh, I loved it because I love big comics like that. Give me give me a hundred pages of comic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I did like how they tried to explain, you know, how, you know, this was Earth two. And, you know, these heroes, you know, were different. And this was the JSA while over at Earth one was JLA. You know, I, I did like how they did start this off here with this prologue to at least you know kind of set you. You know, if you had only been reading and never read these comics before, like anything from the Golden Age, then you might be a little confused. But they kind of set you set you straight here with this little prologue, right? Yeah,
1: it's great. It's it's very much. Um, it reminds me sometimes of the they'd have two or three. They'd have a page in a Justice League when they'd have a yeah. the crossover that would explain this every time when like in I could see Sikowski
2: drawing this. Well they've got that famous image of the JSA out of the crystal ball. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's you know it's and it's really nice it's considerate for the reader and you know as a kid I I remember picking up on it quickly cuz they would every JSA JLA crossover they would do a little bit of this. And it's very simple. It's hey Superman lands in you know old enough to fight in World War II on Earth 2. And he lands, you know, in the in the sixties or seventies on Earth One, you know, depending on the sliding time scale. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. So that makes sense. Then, you know, it's and the thing I did, I did do a little nerdy continuity gasp in this, is they talk about, you know, on Earth One, there's call L, on Earth Two, there's Call L. And, you know, some of the, sometimes they're the same. Sometimes there's difference. Like Green Lantern of Earth Two is magic and Green Lantern Earth One is science. And I'm like, well, you know, science is stretching it. And then they're like, and sometimes there are no, you know. Uh, other versions like aquaman and i'm like oh <laughs> there is so an aquaman of earth 2 well, see, he's got yeah. yellow gloves and so it, that did crack me up because i thought oh they hadn't settled the whole aquaman of earth 2 issue just yet okay because yeah, roy didn't work loud. for
1: dc yet that was when that roy roy yeah right? oh it's There's totally
2: some... Roy. yeah made me think of our buddy rob kelly and
0: uh
2: <laughs> i laughed out loud because i thought oh they're just dissing yellow gloved aquaman You know, they're saying only Dr. Fate only exists on Earth 2 and Aquaman only exists on Earth 1. But it is a nice little explanation. And, you know, it it sets up what for me, and and I'm not, you know, going out on any kind of branch here or inventing anything new, what for me, and I think for many, makes DC different than Marvel and makes it special, which is legacy. And, you Mm -hmm. know, that whole legacy piece starts with the first time they split the Earths. Because if Earth 2 is that much older than Earth 1, then there's room for legacy characters who, you know, that's the whole point of this Super Squad
0: book we're going to read, which is exciting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Well, let's start out with All-Star Comics number 58. And uh, I don't know if we mentioned this or not, but this is a, like a continuation from the numbering from the original All-Star Comics mm-hmm. in the Golden Age. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's really cool.
1: Yeah. It, there, that original book did continue.
0: Just yeah. There's some controversy. Title.
1: <laughs> became All Star Western. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. they changed the name. Yeah. Yeah. So this,
1: <laughs> but I, I mean, one reason I, I mean I I'm reading it from the hardcover. It's because I have all the archives, and I wanted, you know, now I have you know all the All Star comics from one to whenever this when it ended.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is remember. them picking back up with the numbering from the superhero. Yeah. Side of the house, which is fun. Mm. I like that. I you'd never see them do that today, right? Because everything no. number one. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> but I, I like it. I think it's quaint. It's a, it's a little relic of the past.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. I, I'm lo- I love that they did that. But yeah, this one is uh, cover dated January February 1976, uh, and it has a Mike Grell cover. So wow, what do you guys think of this cover? Personally, I love it. It's got the banner up top and the heroes. It's it, this is a great cover. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I mean,
2: for me, it's iconic because it's, you know, the, you know, the introduction of the super squad is more importantly, it's the revitalization of the JSA, but I I think it's great. You know, the JSA is laid out by some unseen foe and here come the new, though total disrespect to Dick Grayson, right? Like new <laughs> uh, he's been there since 1940, new young heroes, you know, star-spangled kid, fresh out of the, you know, time warp power girl, and then a, a very adult Dick Grayson. I mean, he's got to be what forty at this point, and so
1: yeah, I mean that
2: does crack me up that he's sort of you know it reminds me of the the beginning of Super Friends you know where they talk about the the legends of the cosmic universe and they mention everybody but Robin and then they say and those three young you know junior heroes you know Wendy Marvin and Wonder Dog and you're like Robin doesn't get named at all <laughs> and so there's a little bit of Dick Grayson erasure here but uh, but it's a fun cover I love it uh, yeah I loved I mean. I'm a big girl fan cuz
1: I mean I'm probably at this point I'm reading his Green Lantern and Warlord. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I love this cover. This is one of my favorite covers of all time. I like the I like when DC had the banner on top. Mhm. It you know and they have the little Wally Wood uh, Rick Estrada heads. Yeah. Um, and it's just great. And it's you know I you know I like this Robin costume. I've always, you know, made more sense than the the black, the gray one with the black cape, or the red yellow cape. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, I just See, love this.
2: I think the Batman I mean, amalgam costume, which is an abomination. I, it I it's so. I, it's the I think it's the worst costume of
1: all time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could not really. I'd be up there. <laughs> Wonder <laughs> Man's got a couple that I'm I think are kind of sketchy.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. But that Robin costume, man, that thing just lives in infamy. But but yeah, it's a great cover, Billy. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I love it because they use the old All Star Comics logo, and it says All Star Comics presents, and then there's a little you know banner that says Super Squad featuring the Justice Society of America. So you know they're trying to start something new, but also you know paying homage and respect to uh, you know JSA and what came before. And then that banner with the little floating heads up top, I, I love yeah. floating heads. That really, that's awesome with Doctor Fate, the Flash, and Wildcat on the one side, and Star Spangled Kid, Power Girl and Robin on the other side. I love that. Can't To me, you can't get any better than that. <laughs> really, really good stuff there. So, all right. Well, if you guys are ready to jump in here, I will uh, uh, liberally uh, borrow the synopsis <laughs> from uh, DC Fandom uh, for uh, a little uh, thing here, and then we can get right into it. So uh, it says, Dr. Midnight receives information on the JSA computer, alerting the team to various geological emergencies taking place across the globe. If these disasters are not stopped All life on Earth will be destroyed. The Justice Society splits into teams of two in response to each emergency. Hawkman and Dr. Midnight investigate an earthquake in Seattle. They find the young hero, the Star Spangled Kid, active on the scene and decide to hold back to see how well the kid does on his own. Hawkman decides that if things grow beyond his control, then they'll intervene on his behalf. Green Lantern and Dr. Fate investigate a similar disaster taking place in Cape Town, South Africa. While there... They encounter Richard Grayson, who has been corresponding with government officials on behalf of the UN. Seeing that Fate and Green Lantern are having difficulty resolving the nearby geological crisis, Richard changes into his robin costume and lends a hand. Meanwhile, The Flash and Wildcat race to Peking, China in response to an active volcano. At super speed, The Flash burrows a ditch around the perimeter of the volcano to contain the flowing lava, but it is not enough. Both heroes are shocked when a superpowered young woman flies down out of the sky, and caps the top of the volcano, she introduces herself as Power Girl, and that she is Superman's Kryptonian cousin. Okay, so why don't we start out with this uh, first page here? Wow. Here is another one, Ross, you said earlier about, like, wanting a page made into, like, a poster or something. That is it for me, this very first page. What about you?
1: Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I think when I first saw this, I love this thing. It's because, one, it's Rick Estrada and Wally Wood, and... It's nice to see Rick Estrada with a good anchor we, because we did some, the, we had some Vince Galetta freedom fighters with him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which is uh, never a good thing, but it's just great. It's I mean, it, it was neat to see the characters again for me and they, they, it's just gorgeous, man. You could take the word bubbles out and, you know, and the credits and everything. And it'd be a great. I would. I would love this as a print or something. It. It's just great. Um, I just more one thing because the way uh, Estrada and Wood do is you. These are six different people. You can really. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. They've all got a specific face and a look, and it's. And I love these. Co- co- they're the per. This art in this these first few issues is just uh because it it has a golden age feel to me. Mm-hmm. It feels kind of like uh, the later justice society stories where it was taught and somebody else.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It, so
2: it's, it, it just, I just love it. What and about you, Sean? Costumes, the costumes are so classic and you're right. I mm. love when, uh, you know, and this is a bit of a lost art. Not, it's not, it's not same face on everybody, you know, like, yeah. like it, they they've got different expressions, different faces, different body styles. And, and heights and you know and it is really it is nice to see this and i think it's a, a really smart establishing opening shot because you know kind of technically in continuity for readers i mean this is the first ongoing justice society book in how many years you know what 20 30, 30 years? yeah pushing 30 so, years yeah yeah so the the idea of opening on these you know these grim men who you know helped win world war 2 I think it's a really smart idea, and I think it, you know, establishes again, like, hey, you're back with these characters that you've maybe heard of and maybe don't know, or maybe you know them from Justice League, but we're going to then introduce, a, you know, an injection of youth in a couple of pages. But I really like it, and then I love that it follows the, you know, I mean, it's Cherry Conway 101, right? It follows the satellite era formula of big threat split up into teams, and the teams make zero sense. Why did you send Green Lantern and Dr. Fate together? Those are literally the only two, like your two big guns
3: mm-hmm. and you
2: send them together. Like you should, I just, the way they split it up, I think I would have done it a little bit, little bit differently. But, uh, but other than that, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun way to open the book. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. It's great. And you know, they have their, they're almost like having a little meeting and then they split up and uh, meeting adjourned and they fly off, you know, Hawkman. And I do love Hawkman, by the way, I, this is my favorite look for him. I really love the, the crazy mask. <laughs> I know most people are probably like, Oh no, I like it better when he has the, you know, uh, different. Well, uh, I you like could tell him mask. apart. It made it so much easier to tell them apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I love too, how they're already establishing pretty early on that. Wildcat is like the grumpy old fart of the group. I love <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> a lot of the, yeah, you know what? That's a lot of the, the characterizations that Conway and Levitt's do in this run is what John's is. He's taking, you know what I mean? Oh but, totally. Yeah. Everybody goes, oh, Ted's cranky. Okay. Um, you know, and it because beca- we talk about this is about this is legacy is because that's continued on through their when they finally do get their own comic mm-hmm. after several tries. Oh know, yeah,
2: like- yeah, absolutely. Even in the even in the early nineties, the Parabek God. book, you know, that that which is the I mean, the art on that is gorgeous even in that book, you know, Ted's a bit cranky and, and yeah, it's, it's, there's definitely a through line here. That's that, that really starts here. And I love, you know, the fact that Hawkman's still rocking the, the snow shirt, you know, in his, in his fifties, I'm like, man, they, they discovered, they discovered human growth hormone way earlier on earth too than they did anywhere (laughs) else. Cause no way a 50 year old man in the seventies is looking
0: that good. (laughs) Yeah. And then I do love how we see star Spangled Kid here right away. I like him quite a bit. I think if I remember correctly, uh, you might remember, Sean. I think one of the last, if not the last episode, uh, Herm and I did of Infinity Inc. Uh, was mm-hmm. the one where uh, Star Spangled Kid and uh, oh, the, his buddy that uh, made the car. Stripesy. Yeah, and Stripesy, where they had that kind of adventure out there where those like you know thugs like yeah. kidnap Stripesy's kid and all. Oh, I uh-huh. love that.
2: Well, and that sets up. Stargirl, I mean that sets up the Star Spangled oh, yeah. Kid and Stripes series that Jeff Johns would write later and that is now a my one of my favorite TV shows, Star Girl. It's I, you know I, it's I, and it's great and and the thing I like about you know I love the fact that they're introducing Sylvester and you know he was a hero in the 40s and you know for people who may not know the the Seven Soldiers of Victory got caught in a time loop was it the Nebula Man? Nebula Man, yes. and, yeah, fighting, and the hand. It was Oh both that's of them. Yeah, that's right. And Wing dies, the Crimson Avengers, young sidekick. Oh yeah, in a, J, a very famous JLA issue, and the seven soldiers are returned, and they they have a choice, and Sylvester and Stripesy decide to go to the present, our present, and Sylvester's like, oh, I'm still going to be a hero, so it's kind of nice, you know, he's a, he's like a, a younger Captain America, kind of a boy out of time, which yeah. is a nice touch, and and I like that a lot, and I I love that he's got Starman's cosmic rod. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a nice addition because it gives him more power, gives him more oomph. The only thing I would add to it is, you know, for any of you who have a Nintendo, you know, Switch or Wii, like, give the guy an armband. Like, like a hand, like, tie him <laughs> a tie so that if he drops the damn cosmic rod, it doesn't go flying. Like, I, yeah. I never understood that about <laughs> Starman. How do you not have a little tie that ties it to your wrist? <laughs> I think I
1: think it's Starman, the the J- Robins series, I think. Yeah. When they do flashbacks, they have, it, I think it has it on it. Yeah, and I think I
2: just, they do add it
1: in. <laughs> and I'm reading the on and off the two Starman, your Golden Age Starman archives. Oh, mm. oh they're
2: so they're beautiful. Yeah, yeah, they're that's beautiful. wonderful. There's yeah. never been a bad Starman series. I will, I will fight to the death to defend the Will Payton series. That was a fun. I series. I bought an entire run during
1: the pandemic. because mm-hmm.
2: It's the only Starman stuff I hadn't really read. I still haven't read it. It's, it's, it's Stern writes the first it, like. Two years and it's fantastic.
1: I, that see that makes me think why I haven't read
0: it because I'm a big I
1: love Stern. Yeah. Stern- oh yeah,
0: Roger Stern's great.
1: Yeah, but see I think this is why you know when I was a kid my heroes were Green Lantern and Hawkeye. I mean Green Arrow and Hawkeye. I didn't like the super powered guys and I liked the guys that were always kind of you know the the guys out you know who are always trying to prove themselves. Yeah. They were the characters I was drawn to, but I think this is where because I love Star Spangled Kid in this. And then you know, I think that's why I got I kind of grabbed Ted Knight started to become my kind of favorite JSA character. They would use him more and then when, you know, I read the first couple issues of Robinson Starman and went, "Okay, Starman in all his forms is my favorite superhero."
2: Yeah. Oh my god, the the yeah, the legacy they established in that book's amazing. I, I yeah. do have one little nit to pick though. Uh, you know, hey Charles McKnighter if the entire world might end if this doesn't get resolved, maybe now's not the time to go. No, let Sylvester do it himself. <laughs> He's lacking <laughs> confidence. Let's let the boy do it himself, dude. Awesome. Love that you're all about mental health. But how about you save the world first, and then you know, go go buy him a shake or something. Like I was so like I was so I was like, dude, no, no, no. Now this isn't is the time. The time. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, let him handle like a bank robbery or something and see exactly. how he does. Not the world coming to an end, but I do love Conway. I think that's great here. It's a story page five. I think it's page 12 in the trade where, you know, you see he's really, you know, like you said, almost like Steve Rogers. He's like a man out of time and having all these doubts and mentions the seven soldiers of victory. And I really like that. That's really good stuff there. Again, it's, you know, like I said, the issues are more like a popcorn movie, but there is some some good pathos here.
1: Oh, yeah. I Mm -hmm. love the, the panel where he's sitting on the curb.
0: Yeah, the people are looking at him like, "What's this guy's problem?" Yeah, it looks really sad, right? Yeah. Mm, and it's yeah. In that
2: face. That is, I, I, if you, if you told me Steve Ditko inked that panel, I'd believe you, because that looks like Ditko face. That looks like uh, Captain <laughs>
0: Universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then uh, we get a great Scott. It's an earthquake, and uh, again, love the artwork here. You know, Rick Estrada and Wally Wood. That rumble going across there. You see giant you know, pieces of the sidewalk and. Uh, flying everywhere, and a star-spangled kid, and there's a woman right there in the forefront, and a man in the background. That's a really cool panel.
2: Yeah, and and for folks who are fans of of capital C continuity, like I I happen to be in this part of the DC realm, you know, when we cut to the big bad, when we cut to Brainwave, he looks like Henry Hill Jr. He looks like Brainwave. He does. Infinity Inc. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting because Infinity Inc. would touch on either All Star Squadron or Infinity Inc. Oh no, it's got to be Infinity Inc. They would make a passing reference to it at one point that Brainwave Senior, the 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 illusion he casts in this issue, based on a younger, healthy version of him, is his son. So it's it's mm. it's that oh. they very purposely make Brainwave Junior in Infinity Inc look just like this same hair, same face, same. I mean, he doesn't have the googly. It's a yet. good costume design. It's a good costume. It is, and it, and I love it. I love that little bit of continuity that. You know, even though Brainwave Senior is psychotic and even though, you know, he mistreats his son, there's that great moment in the in that the issue where Brainwave Senior dies in the Generation Saga in Infinity Inc. When he's yeah. sitting over his body and he's like, no matter what else he did, he was my father and he's really mourning him. And I like this connection because otherwise it's like, who the heck? Like, and then, you know, they noted it later on, but it's like, who the heck? When did Brainwave's body change this much? And it's a really cool little touch that the illusion is his son. Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah and then i thought to myself too when i was reading this i was like i thought he died and then i'm like oh wait that didn't happen yet in continuity yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's coming <laughs> yeah i love how when he's standing there in his crazy space station that's you know orbiting around uh the earth he's got all these like crazy like pictures and statues and stuff i don't know if it's stuff he looted or what but He's got a little Buddha in the background on the left there.
2: <laughs> well, he says, you know, I was I was in prison and I wasn't able to see or touch or know beauty. So then, yeah, so the assumption is he stole all of this stuff that he considers beautiful. It looks like there's a giant Connect 4 right behind him, too. So what, what <laughs> his does. definition of beauty is, I'm not sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. But yeah, this is, again, some really, really good artwork here uh, with Estrada and Wood. You know, some really great detail. That panel on the bottom of page 7 there. Uh, story, story page 714 uh, is the page number in the trade where it you know it shows him for the first time that looks like kirby tech all in front of him oh, there yeah. oh, that looks fantastic
1: yeah it does uh the mm. spaceship looks like something from a 60s british
0: sci-fi comic <laughs> yeah blake seven or something here <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it keeps it's going beep beep <laughs> yeah I, oh i believe me i love it when they use sound effects for stuff and it's actually what happens. Like you know, it's just like <laughs> when somebody breaks something, and the sound effect is "break." It's just great. I love it. <laughs> I just imagine the main making fun. You know, when they're making the comic, having a good time, like poking fun at it.
2: And this is where we, you know, we said this is a, a, a fun book because you just don't want to think too hard about like, well, how does Brainwave build a space? Like that's not really in his. Yeah, he's not like, a super scientist. Is not he on su- any level. No, he's he's. No. A, I mean he's a, a mentalist basically, and and yeah. even if he were a very smart person or something that it doesn't explain like suddenly this like star Wars intrusion. So, yeah, and I, but you know, part of me was like, Oh, just don't question it. Just go with it. It's fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. I almost feel like maybe he just stole it because you know, where would he get all the materials maybe. to
1: make it and everything? Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: Don't yeah,
0: think why about would that you one. You'd
1: be stealing stuff. <laughs> if you have the money to buy a spaceship, just go buy a nice house and live. Okay.
2: Exactly. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> the age old question for Lex Luthor, right? Like, why are you stealing millions when you could just patent something that you used?
0: I, mm. I, I do
2: want to say when we cut to, um, is it Cape Town that they're in? in South yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, cut to Cape Town. You know, Richard Grayson is there as as a on an ambassador for the UN. Because again, the man is in his late 30s. <laughs> he's there for the UN. Mm-hmm. And I this has got to be the first time apartheid is mentioned in a comic, right? Yeah. Because the the gentleman he's talking to says, you know, I, I hope you, you know I, I found that you're going to file this fair report. And and Richard says, I intend to recommend a study on the UN attitude towards policies of apartheid. And I read that and I went, oh, my God, this was this was eight years before Apartheid was on the in the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, like on TV and stuff. This is before. Yeah, and like and and this is before yep. yeah. The Live Aid and all of those things. Uh, I, I This has got to be maybe the first reference to it.
1: Oh, I don't I, yeah, I think it is. It's the first time I ever heard of it. And I remember having asked my brother, what's that? And he and he explained it to me.
0: Yeah, this is great. And I mean, this is one of those things where the comic book isn't about that. But it's very topical and it's in here and it's placed perfectly. Like yeah. to me, this this is great. This is how you handle something like that. This is perfect.
2: Well, it's a nice little planting of an idea so that the yeah. kid who reads this, like Ross just said, then goes and
0: asks about it. Yeah. Learns Or goes bit, to yeah. the world book, like I would have it, Yeah. It's a yeah. good learning moment. Yeah, it's great. And kudos to you know, people like Conway for putting that in here. And then wow, I, how about that when he jumps out of the window with the costume on there? Oh yeah. That's such that's a great. great. Yeah, I and I like love. How, oh, go ahead.
1: I love his face. I love how uh, Estrada, you know, and would redesign an older Dick Grayson.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it just it's because you know, I'm mostly you know my head Dick is the George Perez yeah. Dick Grayson or you know what I mean. Or, oh yeah. Um, McDaniel's when I read that's the one time I read that run of of Nightwing. Nightwing, yeah. But yeah, I just like this look for him, and it's like they took time to go, how does this guy look?
2: Well, I think they took time to think how he would age, because the, yeah. the the Perez and the McDaniel Nightwing are lithe. There, he's an acrobat, and he's always kind of slim and and you know, I mean, it, he looks like an acrobat. This is an older guy. This is a thicker guy, mm-hmm. you know, and and so I like that too. I thought that I thought that was great. That costume really shines here. Yeah, it is.
1: I think it's the, that's this is the best comic Robin has ever
2: had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, know, I love that we get Green Lantern and Dr. Fate teaming up because I always think about <laughs> that issue where they they beat Solomon Grundy.
0: Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Is
2: that, I, no, that's our man and, and Dr. Fate, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Our uh, man. Yeah.
2: But I love this team up of the two of them. And and what great writing by Conway with you know Alan Scott's lamenting, man, I wish I were a scientist. And Dr. Fate's like, I don't get where you're coming from. He's like, I'm just not smart enough for this stuff. I'm sure there's some scientific answer to all this poisonous gas pouring out of the hole. I'm just going to cork it. <laughs> and it's like, it's <laughs> such a great because the corking of it makes sense on its own, but I love the commentary of like, yeah, I'm just not the smartest guy. I'm just going to cork it.
0: <laughs> yeah. That reminded me of like a, a Hal Jordan Green Lantern from uh, like the, the, the television show. know, uh, I mean, <laughs> like he always would just make a, a crazy construct like that. And that's how he would have solved that problem. <laughs> it's awesome. Sure. And then it can't be
2: a Bronze Age comic without arrows pointing you which order to read the panels
0: in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. But yeah, the cork, the cork doesn't last. And, Mm -mm. you know, it goes blasting out of there and it knocks out Fate uh, and GL. And then we have, you know, poor uh, Dick here that's just like, okay, what am I going to do now? And, (laughs) you know, he's like, if those two guys couldn't handle this, it's not like he's going to be able to. But we don't have any time for that because we got to switch right over to... uh, uh, Flash and Wildcat. And I had a question here. So, the top of story page 13, when it shows the volcano erupting and them, it, Flash is running. And how is Wildcat kind of hanging on there? I don't, under, I don't understand he what they're drags trying to him
1: show him here. It, it, It's something that they use a lot. He drags him in his, uh, he's creating a, a backdraft. In his wake, yeah. yeah oh, wake okay. And he's being pulled along with the wind as it's created. That's why he's
2: playing like that. He's kind of surfing <laughs> on the air.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> I got well, a good chuckle out of that.
2: And it's just the start of his mistreatment. Like the whole this whole issue, these whole two issues is basically like the disrespecting of Ted Grant. You know, he's, he gets dragged along in the wake and he's dizzy. And then, you know, Flash is like, Well, I'm gonna go, you know, dig a moat to stop the lava, and, and Wildcat's like, Hey, what am I doing? Like, I'm just still stealing some guy's motorcycle.
1: <laughs> and I love that panel on the bottom of 13 where you got Flash running and then Wildcat's on the motorcycle behind him, and the guy's falling off the motorcycle. Yeah. And he still hasn't hit the ground
0: yet. <laughs> and he has a question mark above his head. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really, really good. And yeah, Flash, good good scene here for him and mm-hmm. running around and digging this trench. But, uh, you know, it, it doesn't cut the mustard. But, oh, man, that page uh, 15 there, how great is that? When the two of them are like, hey, who the heck is that? We see Power Girl for the first time here. That's really awesome.
1: Are yeah. pushing the the lava over like it's a big tongue?
0: It does look like a tongue. It
2: does. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> and can I just say, on page sixteen, I immediately fell in love with her. The way they draw her face and hair. I mean, I don't. Is it Twiggy? Is that who they're referencing? Because it's it it's could a, be, could be. It Twiggy,
1: Sandy Duncan. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's so a very
2: be. mod kind of late sixties, but maybe it was coming back in the seventies. But Oh, my God, her face is just beautiful. The haircut's great. It's the best yeah. she has ever looked. And, yes, Wally Wood is, you know, Wally Wooding the costume. And- <laughs> he was a well-known
0: perf. <laughs>
2: well, not only that, but isn't, the, isn't the, it the urban legend that he kept increasing the size of her oh, yeah, until somebody yep. – he wanted to see how long he could get away with
0: it? Yep, and they were just like, dude, knock it off. She looks like yeah. she's, you know – <laughs> like triple Z, <laughs> you know, brass size here, dude. Like you're going nuts. <laughs> but it's, I yeah. mean,
2: she's so beautifully rendered. And, and I, yeah. I do love- This looks great. A little hint of her past when she first, you know, says, oh, my cousin is Superman. And basically like he didn't want me making my debut yet, but I couldn't resist when I saw the help you needed. And I'm like, oh, that's a story I want to know more about, right? Because that's, mm-hmm. that's an interesting idea that she's, her debut is delayed- Versus our Kara are
0: El. Yeah, there's a caption box that says, "Obviously, on Earth Two, Superman has kept Power Girl's existence a secret longer than he did on Earth One. Honest, no lie." <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, uh, and I, what
1: I like too is, I mean, has has Kara changed that much? I mean, I mean, do uh, because I love Power Girl, and I've liked uh-huh. Power Girl in almost every book. I mean, I got her solo books. You know what I mean? And
2: yeah, Cooper uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. And she comes out like this as this smart,
2: competent, kind of snarky superhero. yeah, mm. I, this is the blueprint. This is yeah, definitely I, the blueprint that everybody else has used. The thing I will say is, I like that they have kept the cockiness. Uh, yeah you know, and and it's funny because i so I got really curious as I was rereading this, and I was thinking, okay, so this came out in seventy six. Miss Marvel, number one, comes out in 77. And then Mm -hmm. the Gloria Steinem Wonder Woman Ms. Magazine cover is 73. So Mm -hmm. this is all, you know, the the women's lib, you know, wave, you know, second wave feminism, women's lib. It's all in the zeitgeist at this time. And I really love it because I think Jerry is picking up on that. And he's saying, well, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to make the most powerful member of this team a woman, a young woman. And I'm gonna have the, the the cranky old unpowered guy, you know, Wildcat, really struggle with that and, and react yep. to that, you know, in a way where even when he's trying to be nice. I mean, this is later on. He calls her abroad, and she's like, "I am," and she, you know, she's like, no, "I'm not having that." Mm-hmm. It, it is funny. It's a nice little setup of her character that when she's first introduced, she's this for, sort of portrait of women's lib. So she's in opposition to, say, an older view of masculin- masculinity. I don't like where always where writers have taken it. Like in Justice League Europe in the 80s, they just make her bitchy. I mean, honestly, they just, you know, there's no hmm. point to it. She's just mean and she's just snarky and nasty. And then they blame it on Diet Coke.
0: <laughs> I don't know you guys remember that, but. <laughs> no, I haven't oh, read that. Oh, literally,
2: she is, a, she is a witch in that book. Just mean as can all all get out. And at one point, doc, the female Dr. Light says to her, hey, I noticed you drink a lot of diet soda. There's a chemical in that that I found really changes my mood. So she stops drinking it and gets a little bit nicer. <laughs> That's,
3: That's literally great. Literally
2: a plot point, by the way. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wish they would keep more of the com- confident, you know, in herself person and a
0: little less. of yeah. So,
2: yeah, I yeah.
0: think she was portrayed great here. Like when I read this, the, you know what I thought of? Wildcat seemed to me. I thought of all in the family. Yep, Wildcat yes. seems like Archie Bunker and it, 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 Power Girl seems like his daughter in Meathead. You know, yeah. like they're not trying to they're just trying to get him to move into more modern times and he yeah. struggles with it. Yeah,
2: that's that's a good big analogy.
0: time. You big time. It. That's exactly what I thought.
2: <laughs> and she's apparently coming back. So, you know, uh New York oh, Comic Con cool. is happening right now. And it's not yeah. that she's been gone, but she just hasn't been super, you know, uh, a big focus at D.C. But New York Comic Con is happening right now. And they just announced. I don't know. One of the million events coming up It's going to be something called Lazarus Planet, like kind of like the Lazarus Pit. And apparently, yeah. she's going to be one of the main players in it. And then she is getting a big role coming out of it. I think. Uh, oh no, yeah, that's that's what it is. They're they're revamping the Superman books, and the Action Comics is going to become an, a Superman family book basically. There's going to be a Superman. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Storyline by Philip book, Kennedy right? Johnson. Yeah, it'll be a big book. Philip Kennedy Johnson's going to write the Superman part of it, which is great. His action run has been my favorite Superman run in probably 20 years. And then Leah Williams is going to do a Power Girl. She's going to be the uh, the second character. And I forget. Oh, the third character is John Kent. It's his son. And that's going to be Tom Taylor. So that's a book I'm looking forward to because basically Power Girl's getting her own slice of an anthology book.
1: And good for I'm her. I'm on board for that. I'm looking forward to all that Jeff John stuff, too, The
0: oh yeah that sounds good yeah, yeah star
2: girl summer special Ugh, perfect. it was perfect shag and i covered it on fire and water and it oh, is yeah. my favorite book of the last three years yeah well oh, yeah, that's I great listened to that
1: episode and I, I had just read it it's I, so um, good it is so good so.
0: yeah this is great she's portrayed great here like and again she's not like uh over the top at all to me she's no. pitch perfect right here no. where she's just like you know, I, I can do for myself, don't worry, Wildcat. And then she realizes, you know, like, out of the three people there, obviously he's the, I don't want to say weakest, but, you know, her and Flash are obviously like A-level, you know, superheroes, and he's just a guy that knows how to fight. So, <laughs> when they need to get somewhere fast, she just grabs him by the arm and picks him up, and <laughs> he doesn't like that, that he and has she, to kind of depend on her.
2: <laughs> she doesn't mean to him. She doesn't mistreat him. She just has no. agency. She's just... Super confident and doesn't defer to them, and that's where Jay is fine with it. Jay is like cool, yeah, super happy she's here. She just saved the day. But you're right, I love the Archie Bunker comparison. It's it's Ted who's the grumpy old, literally grumpy old man.
0: Yep, and then man, that page 18, the very bottom panel, his name is Brainwave. Where you know she's got a hold of him, and they're looking at each other face to face, and flashes down below. It's you know, it, there's a lot of detail to like her hair, her costume and everything. Oh, that looks fantastic. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's they're rendered beautifully. Yeah, so. All right. Well, that's it for 58. Any final thoughts on that one?
2: Fun. First introduction to this new era. Yeah. I think it's a perfect, you,
1: everything works. It, you've got three little mini adventures. You've got the three new characters are introduced to you and there's, it's not just them showing up. There's some, you get an idea of who they are. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. To me, it was, it was a perfect, uh, you know, reintroduction of this title, some of these characters and adding these new ones. in. it was, it was really good. So, all right, we'll move on to all-star comics 59. And this one was covered in March, April, 1976. Uh, now this one, it depends on where you're looking for cover credits. Uh, you know, grand comics database says, uh, Ernie Chan, So I'm thinking, okay, I, I, I can, I can see that. Um, but then if you go to like the DC fandom, you know, their cover artists say Ernie Chan and JLGL as well. And I'm not oh. keen enough with my eye to see that anywhere here. I don't see uh,
2: any Garcia Lopez in this.
0: No, I don't either. I mean, his stuff no. is usually a lot it, more like clean and precise and very, like yeah. very, very. His line work is usually a little bit more it, tight I mean, Is it this. crediting
2: him as the anchor? Maybe, yeah.
0: It it could be, but yeah, I'm just like, yeah, unless he was like really light with his inks. Or maybe he
2: framed it. I don't know because he's he does such good body work. But I don't. The only thing this I can see. like Ernie Chow. Period. It does, and the only the only other presence I see is is in the kind of golem that's holding Power Girl and smacking Flash. That's an Aparo face. That's Jim Aparo face. Yeah, it does. And, you know, so if you had told me Aparo had inked it, or at least that figure, I would have believed. You know, but no, I don't see JLGL at all.
0: No, yeah, like I, I said, I, I don't have an eye for it like you guys do and a lot of other people do, but I just thought, uh, the stuff I've seen of his, I, it just this this does not look like the line work does not look tight enough, unless maybe he did just a rough layout, and then Ernie maybe. Chan went over it, I guess well, maybe that that could be. Can it.
2: I just say, not a great cover.
0: Like yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, it's okay. the color
2: isn't working for me. It's not as bright and fun as shiny as the first one and the. The action taking place isn't super representative of the issue. I mean, kind of, but you would think Brainwave would be on it. And then the mm-hmm. only thing I really like about this cover is I like uh, Super or Power Girl's face because she looks like Velma. She looks like Scooby Doo. They <laughs> just scoop her up, and she's like, you know, Jinkies. But other than that, I don't think it's. I, I think it's a pretty weak cover. Yeah, I.
1: I think for this this book doesn't really get a good. I can't remember it ever having. I think there's a problem with the covers. I'm kind of thumbing through to go back. Until they get the regular artist on the covers, they're they're not. The first one's great. Yeah. But the others aren't representative of what's inside.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Chan might do a couple of them in a row here too. So. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, bounce into this one here. So this one here, I'll just uh, skip over to Greg Comics database there. A little synopsis says, The villain combined JSA super squad is facing is none other than the JSA's old foe, Brainwave, in a new body. Together, alongside a newly rejuvenated per Degaton, they cause major trouble for our heroes, but the heroes prevail and defeat the two foes, and then a new menace emerges. So, all right, well, this one, uh, what do you think of this one here? We got... Uh, Again, Jerry Conway uh, script, and then uh, there's a little notation that says A Plot Assist by Paul Levis, which is not a big surprise there. And then uh, we have Wallywood or Rick Estrada Pencils, Wallywood Inks, and then, uh, like I said in that first one, this Al Sirios as backgrounds, uncredited, and then, uh, uh, like I said, when we get to this one page, I'll I'll point out where it (laughs) it has the guy's name, actually, (laughs) in the background. Yeah, Yeah, so, yeah, this one. What do you think of this crazy uh, splash page on this one? This is a really wild splash here to start out, right? I love it
3: hmm
2: i mean i, I thought like i had missed are. an issue i i i was like i'm ready getting in trade so i literally <laughs> just turned the page and i went wait what i went did they not reprint the next issue and i <laughs> i was confused for a second and i was like oh wait no this is yeah this is a an illusion
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it shows it says brainwave blows up and it's showing him like you know brain blasting uh, the jsa members here and you're saying they're die justice society die and he's like punching them out and zapping them and doing all this crazy stuff to them but then you know they fade away and he says, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, I enjoyed our little game, but I must go. And, you know, this guy comes creeping in here in this like, you know, it's like a hobo with this <laughs> jacket yeah, on is. and hat. And I'm like, who yeah. is this guy? If it wouldn't have already said, I I would have had no clue to the very end who this even was. Like, was well, there any clue in here? You also would have no clue
2: because visually he does not look like this character has ever looked ever. Yeah, I never understood
1: that. It was like, did you guys not have a point of reference?
2: Yeah, Per like, Degaton is redheaded and he's always in like an S.S. Uniform, and yeah, this and time like, they draw him like I, I, it looks like an extra from Chips. Like I don't know who this guy's <laughs> supposed to be, but it is I, not it per made Degaton. no sense
1: to me because I knew what he looked like because they had at least reprinted two Per Degaton stories in the hundred-page JLA issues,
2: and there's mm-hmm. really only one Per Degaton story. Every Per Degaton story I've ever read is he he's working for a scientist. He jumps into the, he shoots a yeah. jumps into the machine, he goes <laughs> to the future. He screws things up. He comes back again. Like it's literally rinse, wash, repeat. And I, mm-hmm. and I, I even, even upon this rereading, I was like, oh, who is this guy? I forgot. And I look at and I go, oh, that's not Per Degaton. I really feel like they thought it was going to be somebody else. And then they were like, oh, let's just make him. No one remembers what he looks like. And I, I'm like, no, I do. And that's not him.
0: <laughs> maybe that's the Levitz plot assist or something. You know, I okay. mean, maybe he was like, hey, maybe we should do this you know you yeah. never know but i love how too it starts out right away with a more wildcat and power girl here <laughs> i love it mm, oh, what yeah. is he, he- she says to him, is this it wildcat down there and he goes what do you think it is girly howard johnson's and he goes sweetheart i've had it with you for the last 20 minutes you bounced me around like a ping pong ball and he's like as if injury wasn't enough now you got to add insult and he goes i told you lady nobody but a regular member gets in and he's like, right, Flash? And Flash is like, uh, I don't think she's hearing you. Like, I don't think we're going to stop her.
2: <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Mm. Good luck stopping the Crotonian walking into
0: the wooden door. <laughs> and Flash is like, well, it is an emergency. So then uh, the door is opening. And Wildcat looks like he opens the door. And he's like, after you. And then he makes this comment to her. And he says, listen, chick, maybe we've got off on the wrong foot. And she goes, really? And he says, yeah, for abroad, you're actually sort of. And she goes, Wildcat, I am not a broad, and slams the door right in his face. <laughs> I love it.
2: This really is the template for her personality. I mean, there, there, there's not much deviates. from I mean, here. And good for her. I actually, yeah, because again, they've, you know, as time has gone by, they've moved away from the sort of women's lib piece of it a little bit, and mm-hmm. again, just made her nasty sometimes for nastiness sake. And I don't, I like this. I like this, of, you know, this, her just being confident in who she is and you know, they're not calling out Star-Spangled Kid for being confident. It's 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 nice. And I, I like setting Wildcat Wildcat up as her, you know, sort of detractor. Oil, it reminds me of... <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's like a, a nice history of that in comics. Like Hawkeye and She-Hulk have that in the early Stern Avengers run where oh, yeah. he's always snarky to her and she's always just picking him up and being like, I could crush you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and they, I like how Conway, you know, writes it just simply because, you know, she... He doesn't write her like uh, over the top or anything like that. She's just like trying to say like, listen, old dude, whether what you're saying or not, y- y- whether or not you're trying to be mean about it or whatever, like y- y- you can't say this kind of stuff. It's not OK to say that. And yeah. she's like basically trying to show him like you can't you're not going to talk to me like that.
1: <laughs> I, love I love that it. Look on her face. Really? When she saying. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a good panel right there. <laughs>
2: And it's, it's a nice reminder that we have not changed as a hum, as a race, right? I mean, no. You, you'll hear people today say, oh, God, I can't say anything without some young kid being like, we don't say that anymore. And it's like, yeah, they, that was also happening in the, you know, in the 60s and, and 70s and, and 80s. 80s oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yep.
1: We're always doing that. The next exactly. Generation, you know, I think of my goddaughter <laughs> who's uh, 14 years old and she corrects me sometimes. Like, okay. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. I always laugh goes, when people say this fine generation when we're grown up. And it's like going, eh, not too... that's not
3: the way it works.
0: <laughs> yeah. I always just think back to like television and it was like, you know, people, the, the, the older crowd was like, you know, Elvis, he's too crazy. Don't put yeah. him on TV. Oh yeah. He's real crazy. <laughs> I'm like, so, you know, it's like every generation kind of goes through it. Right.
2: It's nice to see it in action though. And, and I, yeah. I love, cause we cut to Robin. Oh, I yeah, feel for, I feel for Dick because it's like, OK, two of the most powerful members of the team just got taken out. What am I going to do? But he's also trained by Batman. So, you know, he's going to be resourceful. It's nice to see him in action.
0: Yeah, I love that panel at the top of page five there where he's on the side of that truck. That is really great. I love the way that looks. His yeah. cape flowing there. Yeah. What do you think of that page, Ross? Oh, I love it. I yeah, I love
1: it.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking at this comic and it really strikes me more and more that this is really early 70s. Well, like
0: '70 70, early it. 76, late 75, 70s, early 76, 80s, 80s, yeah. 70s, this yeah. is
1: just, this art is so much, I think that's mm-hmm. maybe why I kind of fell in love with it because I think it's a little ahead of what some of yeah. the other art was.
0: Oh, yeah. yep. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. I love how Robin's in that bottom panel too and it's just like a disaster area and there's fate and G.L. <laughs> Knocked <Yeah>. out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I,
2: I think the art—it's it, it, such a nice mix of like up close, candid shots where you feel like you're getting to know the character better, and then like a pullback to action. And it—it it really is. It's laid out perfectly, and you know, you always—it's always the sign of good art where if you pulled all the dialogue, you could still tell what's happening. Yeah. And and that's definitely the case here. Even though I have to say the the fact that you know Robin's fighting these goons that suddenly appear, and mm-hmm. and then it's the fact that they're just illusions again. It's like, oh, okay, we, yeah, we're, we're like, let's get to the end. <laughs> Enough of the illusion fighting. We got that.
0: Yeah, I like that on the page, uh, page six there, the story page six, page 32 in my trade, where, you know, he's, like, going to town and, like, half a dozen of these guys attacking him, and uh, the one to his left there on that bottom panel on the far left looks like he punched the guy in the nuts, like he's
2: <laughs> swinging up and he goes,
0: oh, he does. Walk, right. walk. <laughs> yeah, like, oof. But then, you know, all of a sudden, he just sees regular people, and it's like, it almost looks like the Sandman in the middle panel on the bottom there with that green yeah, and black too. <laughs> sure, sure. <Yeah. laughs> but, you know, and then the uh, Hawkman and Dr. Midnight show up. And again, like you're saying, same a lot of the same stuff here where it's like, oh, we're fighting people, but are they real? Are they illusions? Because Brainwave's kind of, you know, using his powers to uh, kind of, uh, you to know, make them, them yeah, yeah, just to trick them. And we get more Star Spangled Kid here as well. And, you know, I love that. Really yeah. good scene there.
2: That's gotta suck for those bystanders, though, to be like, "Hey, it's Robin, the Boy Wonder. I want to get his autograph." And then, boom, you just get knocked. <laughs>
0: <'Cause> <laughs> he's, he's punching you out. This
2: illusion, you don't know what he's seeing, and he's just knocking you out, man. And and you know, that's a left hook that took out the Riddler and the Joker, and you know, mm-hmm. he's, <laughs> he's, he knows how to punch.
0: Yeah, that's great stuff. And then, yeah, again, more more of the action battle scenes here. Just keep going back and forth with Hawkman, Doctor Midnight, and uh, Star Spangled Kid. Which you know, it's visually, it's really good. And, you know, it's just like, okay, let's get to the good stuff here. And then finally there on page 11, we see Brainwave, and he's got this uh, hobo-looking guy strapped into this machine. And, you know, at this point, they haven't named who this is yet, so you still have no idea. Um, But then as soon as uh, he gets kind of, like, zapped by this machine here, you know, we see who it is, right?
2: I just, I I really can't, I, I mean, can you guys fathom why they did such a do you think they didn't know it was going to be Protegaton? They just they were like, oh, we got to find an old villain. And that was the closest. Everybody else had kind of storylines that came out of the 40s. Or do you think they just were, were going for an updated look? Yeah, I'm not sure.
1: I, 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 I don't know. I think it, it's so different. It's so. I don't think they had. They knew.
2: I don't either. I mean,
1: I just, I it's so different that, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were going to create a new character and then
0: they just said make him Per Degaton. They pulled the plug in at the last minute inserted him. Yep, I wouldn't be surprised either. That kind of is the feeling you get here because it, it just seemed out of place. But page 11, where we see uh, Per Degaton there for the first time, that middle panel, if you'll look at it, you can see uh, on the top right, Al, and then on the left, Sirios in the uh, buildings there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
0: so that's where I'm just like well there must be some uh credibility to that uh <laughs> that credit there but yeah they shake hands and agree that you know oh we're gonna we're gonna kill all these uh you know Jsa members because they they did us wrong but before they can even think too fast this boom boom ram and these two fists come smashing right through the side of the crazy uh spaceship they're in out in space and <laughs> wonder comes right in and cloppers per degaton he goes flying back through the the ship there that's awesome
2: Well, and as if his costume isn't bad enough. He's got this, like, pink unitard, (laughs) yellow boots, his bare (laughs) legs. I mean, it is such a bad costume. He looks like— It's 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 not flattering.
1: wrestling costume.
2: It is. He looks like an alpha primate from, like, the Inhumans. It's so badly—the costume's (laughs) terrible. And then he, like, goes to grab a weapon to attack the heroes, and it looks like he's wearing a giant iron adult diaper. Like, I was like—it's like that Oops, I Crap My Pants skit from Saturday Night Live. (laughs) I I I could not get over— I was like, I would not feel threatened by you in this outfit, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: well, I'll tell you what. If this was, uh, if Wally Wood had nothing to do with this, yeah. this would not have popped into my mind. But because it's Wally Wood, and, you know, we, we know where his mind was going a lot of the times. Yeah. When he grabs that weapon and turns around here, he's. Uh, it kind of looks... Uh, oh, it's phallic. It's super phallic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Of looks like a giant metal strap on, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure this was Wally Wood. Be like, oh, this is gonna be funny, I'll draw this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just messing with everybody at this point, yeah. And then now that I'm thinking about it, this was 75 76. He, when did Wally Wood die? He was that 77 or 78? Not I don't long know after this, this, yeah. I don't think this was too long after this because I don't think he lived to see the 80s.
1: Oh, wow no, he did i don't think he did
0: no so i'm thinking like maybe 1978 he might have yeah, passed away his last work then yeah yeah wow but hey at least he was having fun here until he yeah <laughs> until he passed away but yeah he's you know brainwaves zapping away and then all of a sudden here come the other uh, uh JSA-ers and then star spangled kid and robin as well and it's like just, just full-on crazy brawl between those two uh baddies and the whole team here and it's a lot of back and forth there's a couple of times where it looks like you know brainwave and per degaton are going to get the better of them
2: right yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah
2: it's it's a good fight it's fun. i mean they, they're definitely you know fighting brainwave in particular is you know super powered and and then it's up to you know the it's up to Kara, it's up to power mm-hmm. to save the day which is fantastic and i love that she gets to make the save. i mean there's a little bit of hyperbole you know it's it's it's, you know, Conway says in this box, she goes out into space with the protection of Green Lantern and Dr. Fate's, you know, powers. And she goes out into space to push the satellite. And it says, you know, shoving it sunward and from the green globe of Earth. And since she is not the Supergirl of Earth, one, her act is the act of a heroine, perhaps
0: the greatest of all time. (laughs) And I was like, oh,
2: okay like Jerry.
0: you (laughs) Yeah, they were really pushing her. Uh, yeah. hard here but i i do like it and yeah she really is the x factor here like they would not have been able to survive this without her which again you know these first two issues of this reincarnation of all-star comics it's you know it's kind of like the intro to her and uh you know put her center stage here for a little bit so i i did like it but yeah that's that's really over the top the greatest of all time huh yeah <laughs> Then Brainwave,
2: Mm. you know, switches back to his old, you know, small, you know, Savannah looking form, you know, bald. Oh
0: yeah, Savannah. (laughs) And
2: and I was, again, I was happy about that because it it sets up, you know, Roy's never met continuity, he couldn't mind. And he goes back to these issues when he builds Brainwave Jr. for Infinity Inc. And then, then, how much did you guys love that there's a sitcom button at the end of this? Like there's basically a laugh track.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, this
2: was great.
1: (laughs) It's like a tag out of uh, out of a sitcom or Star Trek, you know? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like where Bones and you know McCoy is, and they're talking on the bridge, and there's Spock, and there's a big joke, and everybody kind of laughs. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's oh, yeah.
2: great because Wildcat grabs the kids. I mean, again, Dick Grayson, grown man. he grabs them, and he's like, "Yeah, you guys aren't so bad, and you know maybe you could even teach us something." And Power Girl's like, uh, "Teach you something? Who stopped the volcano? Who stopped Perdigon? Who stopped?" And then. Wildcat's like, ah, I, I get no respect. I mean, he, just, he just does a Rodney Danger film. <laughs> he does. I mean, you can almost hear the like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, and then, then just episode over. So it, it's, I mean, I love it. I love that they're having fun with it.
0: Yeah, this was a really fun little two-parter, right, Gross? I mean, I really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, I love it. It's a great setup for this series. It's, um because, I mean, all the, all the All-Star uh, Squadron, All-Star comic issues are really <laughs> so good. Um, I mean, because this is going to go into the Vulcan story. Which is just oh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great. it's it's just something so good about these stories. And I mean, it that it sets up not only a great run because I mean, there's no there's no dog in any of the issues no. between here and advent and all the adventure. They're all and they're above par. They're not just good. They're better than a lot of other stuff DC was putting out, I think. Um, at times and it's just so readable and so much fun and you know and not just frivolous fun like I mean it's a good well-written story the, char- the characters are fully fleshed
2: out you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think well, uh, you know creative team did a great job here
2: and if you like you know I, I I think I say this on every episode if you are a fan of the Jeff Johns JSA and which is you know like Ross said is is making a comeback in a month i think actually yeah soon
0: november yeah month
2: that that golden age issue comes out so you know the jeff johns jsa which is making a comeback and is in my opinion you know the best series of the 2000s or the james robinson starman which is in my opinion the best series of the 90s (laughs) if you're a fan of that this is another brick in that oh yeah they're mining it
1: robinson and johns are going and roy
2: for all-star squadron too
1: oh yeah it's just you can't it's the, the modern shape of the justice society and how it became legacy is this book. It all yeah. comes from here. It all comes from what, uh, Conway and Levitz and, um, K- Giffen
2: and Stanton do. You know? Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it's nice. I mean, I love that, you know, you don't have to know it in order to enjoy the stories,
3: no.
1: but
2: if, you know, but, but half the fun of, you know, collecting is, is piecing that whole tapestry together and, you know, what an interesting range from All-Star to Infinity Inc. to, you know, All-Star Comics to All-Star Squadron and JSA and Stargirl. And, you know, I, I just it, it cracks me up because I, I really love that Stargirl TV show. My my kid and I watch it and and I, you know, my daughter's favorite thing to do is like, is that from the comics? Is that from the comics? Is that oh, the comics? that's great. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I'll, I'm like, yes. Yeah. And then she'll be like, oh, what's and then and then I'll start and then her eyes will roll back in her head. And she's like, Dad, I just yeah, just give me the like. Forty-second version.
0: I'm like, you don't know what you're asking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, trying to explain something on a TV show that has, you know, comic relevance as far back as like maybe even the Golden Age. That's tough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sometimes my wife will ask something in a comic. It's it's too complicated. Yes, he's a comic character.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's no cliff notes to some of these characters. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's
1: just you know, there's too much history.
2: You
0: don't want to get
1: me. See, you don't want to get me started and be subjected to that. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And, and you know, and it's funny to look at these first two issues because you know they were really maneuvering, you know, Star Spangled Kid and Power Girl in particular as you know at the forefront of this. And and you know, Power Girl obviously becomes a massive player in the DC universe and is you know still very very present today. And then poor Sylvester, you know, gets turns into Skyman and and dies a couple issues later at the hand of of Solomon Grundy. Yeah, in I Infinity. never really
1: that really that always kind of bugged me.
2: Me too. I didn't
1: like the change it. I mean, I didn't like Skyman as a name. It was so bad, I thought. Yeah. And, you know, and the costume was very late 80s. Yeah. Um, But I'm glad he, but, you know, I think, wasn't the idea that he would be the new Starman?
2: Eventually, yeah. That is definitely where I think they were going, even here, giving him the cosmic rod, is that he Mm. would be the natural successor to, to Ted Knight. You know, and then that gets usurped, obviously, with, with the Jack Knight stuff. But, I mean, that also then sets up Courtney Whitmore, because she, she literally steals his cosmic converter belt from Ted Knight in order to become Star Girl.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's
2: that's such fun. a
1: great, she's such a great character. Oh, I mean, yeah. I read that when that series started coming out, I got it because of the star, my star man fixation
2: mm-hmm.
1: and being a fan of the, of this series of the original yeah. star spangled kid, not as much. in I mean, I liked infinity Inc, but I didn't like it as much as I like this or all-star squadron. And then that, you know, and that's, I think, I think that's the first Jeff Johns comic. I No, I probably read his green lantern at that
2: point. I I don't know if he no 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 wait he hadn't written Green, Green Lantern. Lantern
1: yet is it before that's Green Lantern? way
2: before Green Lantern yeah oh, okay. no I think Stars and Stripes is his first solo endeavor I think he had maybe partnered on a couple things but I'm pretty sure that's his first solo book yeah and it's oh my God it is yeah. such a great comic so these are fun man I'm I'm glad we're talking about these I also think it's a really even though even though in the real world we went back in time from All Star Squadron. You know, it is sort of after All-Star Squadron, the next time you see the JSA in continuity. And I think it's fun. I think it's fun to see the the building blocks of, of you know, the JSA we knew and the JSA we'll get to know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was a blast covering these and uh, looking forward to more. So, all right, well, why don't we wrap up here? And uh, if anybody's uh, looking for you out there, uh, Sean, where can they find you at?
2: Uh, I am on Twitter at Sean42AZ. Uh, I co host the Bat Pod with Bill Beer, where we talk about new Bat books. Uh, I occasionally co host the Never Ending Reading Pile with my buddy Gregory Rugio. We've been a little inconsistent lately, just because of life, but that's on the Pulp to Pixel Podcast Network. And then, uh, you know, of course, the the back episodes of All Star Squadron, World's on Fire, because that was a, you know, I mean, I think we came in at, Around like 35, 36. So, yeah, mid 30s. Yeah. Yeah. The whole back half of that series, you know, me and Ross and Martin covering those issues. That was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, what about you, Ross? JS, uh, JSA uh, forever?
2: Oh, yes.
1: Always. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm at JSA <laughs> on Twitter. Um, uh, where I, that's my the Twitter feed for my podcast, Stop Let's Team Up, where I cover superhero team ups because that's kind of always the books I read. Um, mm-hmm. I do a Legion episode on Tuesdays, a Defenders episode on Thursdays, and then uh, Saturday or Sunday, depending when I get it recorded and edited, it's something else, a different topic. And I got a lot of stuff coming up. It, it's some fun stuff coming up, talking uh, some more Legion stuff, and uh, I'm having a guest on it. We're going to cover the first appearance of the Modern uh, Secret Six, Oh, cool. United.
0: Uh, Oh, cool. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. You're really good with your schedule, man. You, I read, when you say Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, you're, you're pretty much on that schedule. And like I said, Tuesday Legion and Thursday Defenders, I've been listening along to both of those and they're really good. I enjoy them.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's fun doing it It, because it's, it's, it's neat to read something again that you have done massive rereads, but not plugging through, like only reading it right before you record it, you know, once Mm -hmm. a week. So I mean, I've got a lot of Adventure Comic Legion to go. A lot of, it's I didn't realize how long that run was.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've been trying to use the app to read along, but man, the app is so inconsistent with Adventure. It is incredibly spotty.
1: It is. I mean, (laughs) uh, you know, they're talking about that new higher tier.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I was hoping it would say the Golden Age
0: Library was in it. Yeah, know, it looks, it awesome. looks like, yeah, it looks like yeah, looks like all it's going to be is some collections, and then uh, you get newer comics a lot faster. That's that's all I read out yeah, of it. So thing, I was like, okay. The only thing
1: about it, me doing it, it is, you know, I don't buy a lot of floppies anymore. I yeah. Mean, and in my DC right now, I'm being really picky. I mean, I think there's good stuff, but I'm just being really picky about what, you know, what I can afford. Uh, I'm thinking, yeah. I'm doing the you're... Justice League in the Dark Crisis because I want to see, and I'm going to be buying all of John stuff so it's kind of like eh, there's things i want a hard copy of mm-hmm.
0: yeah so. yeah it's okay the The way the prices are right now and things like that it's okay to be a little choosy it's uh <laughs> you'll go broke just buying everything right now the way it is right oh yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> so all right well i'll give a shout out quick to our uh third amigo here martin gray uh he's at uh mark gray on uh, twitter and his blog is too dangerous for a girl um He wasn't able to join us, but uh, hopefully in the future, he can join us for some of these uh, too. And then he and I are going to finish up Steel uh, sooner than later. You know, we hit a little snag there with some scheduling. And then Ross, you and I have been covering Freedom Fighters. I think we did two episodes, one, two, and three, and four, five, and six on that already. We're having a blast with that. And, you know, hey, Sean and Mark, if you're listening, buddy, if you guys ever want to join us too, jump on. We're having a lot of fun with Freedom Fighters. That's a blast.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I don't think I've
0: read the issues we're getting up to (laughs) ever. Oh, cool. Yeah. Then yeah. that's a first read through for me as well. I've had those. I bought the complete run off of somebody on eBay, maybe two, three or even four years ago. And it's it, it just two or three years sat, ago for me, too. Yeah. yeah. I, got
1: the, I got the entire run in one big lot.
0: Yeah. I kind of sift through things when I first get them and just, you know, page through them, look at the art real quick. But I didn't do a read through. So this is a first time for me, too. Yeah. I'm having a blast with it. It's fun. So, all right, well, if you guys uh, are good on these uh, two issues here, uh, we'll uh, jump out here, uh, and uh, next time we'll uh, convene, uh, we'll reconvene, we'll uh, tackle a couple more, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm up for it, man. I love this series. I I love talking Justice Society.
0: Oh, yeah, me too. I'm in awesome yeah i'm definitely looking forward to that dc special too because that one is oh man that's that's crazy i love that one that dc special 29 that's in the back of that first volume oh here. yeah <laughs> that was wild so all right well everybody uh, thanks for listening in we appreciate all the likes the retweets and everything and uh, uh we'll see you next time